Yeah, my personal record book. If this makes Pittsburgh, the Steelers, the fans of the Steelers, you, if it makes everyone feel better, in my own personal record book, uh, the Steelers won that game, the Patriots lost, and that means the Steelers are on track to be the one seed in the AFC. <laughs> the Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. Have you ever had your mind completely blown? Because mine was just blown. I will let you in on our off-the-mic conversation before we get to the Pirates and how they've lost all my trust again just mere weeks after having gained it. Speaking of trust, in college, all the girls in our WVNU class, they loved me. And for a while, I thought, oh, I was cute, I was funny, I was charismatic, that must be why. And Tom says, were you dating Leanne at the time? And the answer is yes. And he said, well, that's why they all liked you. And he's 100% right, and it's just shattered my world. It may- I am funny. I am charismatic. I'm a cutie, although I was way chunkier then. But nothing makes a woman want to be your friend more than if you've got a girlfriend and are trustworthy and can listen and all that crap. Depressing. You found the Crowley Show, where your mom listens, and you should too. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four is the number to call, or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. You can follow Shirtless Tom on Twitter at Button Pusher nine seventy. Brian no longer in the studio. West the mess can be found on Twitter at just Wes Euler, right? That's all it is. At Wes Euler. W e s Wesley. U h l e r. With a y and a e in the middle. In the reverse order of what I just said. Check him out. He'll be doing a show tomorrow, right? From 7 o'clock until 9. Matt Williamson. Damn straight from Dino's. That's where we're broadcasting from tomorrow, at Dino's. Tell your kids. Tell your wife. We doing radio up in here. I am furious at the Pittsburgh Pirates. And I can't remember the last time that I cared enough to be furious. So that is at least... I think a good sign if you are the local hometown baseball team. But I'm a big believer in the long weekend. I'm a big believer in a day off. I'm a big believer in recharging the batteries, a day to mentally just breathe before I go on a long stretch with no off days. It's football season. So you've got camp. I've got camp. I'm working six days a week doing a bunch of stuff for the game broadcast. And Labor Day becomes huge. Because it is the time to breathe and relax and plan. But if I only did one show a week, eight hours, let's say, on that day, and it was really taxing, I still don't think I'd need extra day off. I don't think I'd need more time to prepare. And that's what this all boils down to. I think that the position players need more time off than the starting pitchers. These pitchers, they get four days off between starts. Anyhow, giving them an extra day or two when the schedule allows it, Yeah, that makes sense. But creating an extra day or two of rest, that's where it is totally lost on me. That's where I say, "Mm, no, F that. If anything, if you're a baseball team that is in a pennant race, and the Pirates, whether or not you think that they're truly there, are mathematically there in a pennant race, what teams that are in pennant races should do is instead of adding a minor league player to the rotation... They should move their worst starter out of the rotation for a turn or two when there's an off day upcoming. And the Pirates have seen an off day pass. There are a couple off days in August for this baseball club. 
So what I would do is I'd say, Nova, get the hell out of the rotation for a turn, and you give the ball to your best pitchers. Archer is solid. Joe Musgrove is a very good player, and Jamison Tyon, his last 12 times or so out, he's been as good as really any right-handed pitcher in the National League. The reason the Pirates have done this, the reason the Pirates pitched Clay Holmes instead of Trevor Williams, who has also been on a tear lately, is because of biometric numbers, they say. They say that their numbers show that pitching in Denver makes you less effective the next start. Why would that only affect a pitcher? Why did Marte play every day in the biggest outfield of Major League Baseball in that altitude and then play every day in San Francisco? Doesn't make any sense. Why would it only affect the pitchers? Is it the mental side of things? Is it the altitude? Mentally, it doesn't check off to me. Altitude, yeah, I guess that does make some sense. But if a pitcher is affected, then wouldn't everybody who was in the lineup, every everyday player, wouldn't they be affected as well? The thing that's the most frustrating is that this was the plan six weeks ago at the All-Star break. We were going to give the guys a rest coming out of the series in Colorado. The whole basis of analytics, and really the foundation, is that information can change the way that you think. And that information should be used to make the most informed decision. If their biometric information told them that six weeks ago, I get it. But when new information is present, shouldn't that change your mind? I think yes. And the new information is, you've now got Chris Archer. And the reason that you won out and you gave up a Tyler Glass now, and you gave up an Austin Meadows, is so that you don't have to have your worst pitcher pitch anymore. You don't have to have Nick Kingham in your rotation. You don't have to have a Clay Holmes or Casey Sadler in your rotation. You don't have to have a Chad Cool in your rotation. And what the Pirates did was, even after acquiring Chris Archer and seeing how well Tyone and Musgrove and Trevor Williams have all been pitching on their typical rest, instead of allowing them to continue to go do that, they changed the plan. Or they kept the same plan instead of changing the plan when the information dictates that they should have changed it. Isn't that what the basis of analytics is to begin with? Information changes the way that you prepare. Information changes the way that you go out and you go about that business. And in this circumstance, variables change. Things change. Another player was added to the rotation, and yet their mindset didn't change. And you could say, Crowley, you're crying over spilled milk here. It's only a game. No, it's not. It's August and you're five games back. You fall six games back, you can kiss it goodbye. Alan Saunders, who we like here on the Crowley Show, he's joined us on the program a number of times, smart guy. He says there's no such thing as a must-win game in August. I don't buy that. I think all games you go into trying to win them, and if you don't, well, that's why we have beat writers at all those games. That's why... I will break down a Pirates game. That's why you have players and coaches who are criticized about the way that they manage any given day or play on a given Saturday afternoon. Because those games do matter. If you're going to tell me now that 
they aren't must-win game in August, that this game doesn't matter as much as a game does in late September, well, then why are you covering it? Shouldn't we all cut our budgets? Shouldn't ESPN Pittsburgh say, ah, Crowley, don't talk about this game today. Why don't you just take the day off? Hey, Alan Saunders, don't go out there and cover this baseball game because it doesn't matter as much as the next one. Hey, Tim Williams, don't cover this pirate prospect start because this start doesn't matter as much as the next start. It's flawed logic. The Pirates need to look at every game as if it's just as important as the next game. And if you want to sit somebody early in the season because you think at the end of the season it'll allow them to pitch longer, then I can kind of get it. If you think that giving Jamison Tyone a day off in the early portion of the season allows him to still continue to pitch at the end of the season, that's fine. If you think that if he racks up innings early on in the year that he's not going to be able to pitch as many innings, then I get it because it's all about trying to win as many games possible. This is too late to do this as far as I'm concerned. Now you're at the point where you wanted to have rested players so that they're ready for now, healthy for now, to help down the stretch run. I also don't understand the whole biometric side of things. If it's so hard to pitch in Denver, then why allow Jamison Tyon to throw 107 pitches in a complete game there? Wouldn't that then ruin him for the rest of the season? Wouldn't that then ruin him for the next couple of starts? I I suppose you could look at it the other way and say that they allowed Jamison Tyon to pitch that long because they knew they were going to give him the extra day of rest, but isn't that kind of bass-ackwards too? Doesn't that kind of make you scratch your head? If it's that hard to pitch in Denver, so much so that it affects you moving forward, then wouldn't the logic be to when you're up 10-2 to pull that guy from the baseball game? The whole thing is bizarre. And Musgrove doesn't need rest. He's pitched 80 innings this year. He missed the first chunk of the season. Jameson Tyon doesn't need rest. Jameson Tyon needs to be the guy who pitches 200 innings. Chris Archer is a guy who does pitch. 200 innings regularly over the last four years the only season he didn't he pitched 194 he can handle the workload it's new to trevor williams but these guys have all been groomed to be starters these guys have all been groomed for this kind of moment so i don't buy that they need it and lance lizowski will tell you coming up in the next segment he wrote it for dkpittsburghsports.com that there are players in the organization that are mad about this Players in the organization that wanted to go out and take that ball that next day. Players in the organization that think, I want that ball because I want to win. I want to get to the playoffs. And it's nothing against a Casey Sadler. It's nothing against a Clay Holmes. But they're not as good as the guys the Pirates have going out there every fifth day. And it's got to be frustrating to them. They threw the game away. The Pirates scored 10 runs. 10! You're telling me that your biometric nonsense tells you that a Clay Holmes is better than, let's say, 75% of what Trevor Williams can offer? 85% of what Trevor Williams can offer? That's where the numbers don't jive for me. You're banking on the fact that that guy's going to be better on the given day than your initially penciled in starter and I don't buy that and we're not going to tangibly be able to see whether over the course of the remainder of the season if this helped them or not we won't know are they pitching well because they're pitching well are they pitching well because they're arrested because they've been pitching pretty damn well recently 
and there's also some rest built in. That's nonsense. I don't mind the Pirates for being avant-garde. I don't mind the Pirates for trying this. I don't think it's the Pirates mailing in a game. That's nonsense. People who say that, that's ridiculous. They're not doing that. But to look at analytics and say rest helps the team, well, yeah, we all know that. Rest helps the body recover. We don't need analytics to see that, and maybe right now is not the right time to use those numbers to your advantage, not when you've changed the way that you've changed adding Chris Archer and seeing how Musgrove and Tyon are pitching down the stretch. Coming up next, we'll talk to Lance Lyazowski in depth about all this. We've got some more Steelers stuff to get to after that, along with other crap, three stars of the show. And the three stars of the show. Last take of the day. Why can't I go to break today? It's a Crowley show. This is the Adam Crowley show. Wow, wow, is very nice. ESPN Pittsburgh on 970 AM and 106.3 FM. So for him to get dinged up again. <coughs> Joking. You all right, buddy? I'm good, thank you. <laughs> you sure? Drink some water, pal. That real? has never happened before. Yeah, that's that all right. We'll, we'll all wait. Take your time. <laughs> that was the start of the show. I also can't get in and out of segments today. I don't know what the problem is there. I'm a little rusty. A weekend away, I guess. I used to have really bad Monday shows. I think that's gone. The shows are good. I just can't get in and out of the segments today. I don't. I don't get it. I don't understand. I, I don't get the fighting. I have those yips. I also choked on that chip before. I need some like lube or something for my throat. That's well. That's probably not what I need. I need water. Something to lubricate my throat. I don't need lube. It's tough. For the love of God. We now bring in our friend from DKPittsburghSports.com, Lance Lizowski, to talk about what's going on with the Pirates. Hello, Lance. I'm doing well, Adam. What the hell's going on over there? I heard the word lubing, and that's just about it. Okay, I choked on a chip, and my throat is now all messed up, and I need some lube. It's pretty embarrassing, Adam, but... I'll agree with that. Lance Lysowski with us here. <laughs> Lance, what do you make of the Pirates' decision to start Clay Holmes the other day? Uh, it was uh, not good timing for it, I would tell you that. Uh, the, the rotation was just so good. For, it still is pretty darn good. And uh, to just give a guy a break, uh, give the entire rotation a break in August against another team that you're competing against for a playoff spot makes zero sense. And sure, you could point to Clay Holmes having that nice start against the Brewers uh, before the All-Star break. But if you look look at the, the Brewers lineup that day, it wasn't all that impressive. And Clay Holmes was really bad this first start. So... Everybody says those AAA numbers don't really matter when you make it to the big league, but for whatever reason, they mattered this time around when they made the decision to start him. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why, to me, it was just absolutely ludicrous. Uh, Alan Saunders, who's a friend of mine who comes on the show all the time, was saying there's no such thing as a must-win game in August. I thought that the analytics people were all about every game, meaning the exact same thing. Uh, whenever, and it's not as if the Pirates were giving this game away, but... I always thought that if Clay Holmes was going to go, that that gives them a lesser opportunity to win the baseball game. And when you get a guy like Chris Archer, doesn't to to knock a guy who's not good enough out of the rotation, 
to then plug a guy in from AAA, doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose a little bit? It does, and I, I understand the argument that not every game matters, but it does. And, and t- tell the guys on that team that every game doesn't matter. Because I know that Joe Musgrove told me after Clay Holmes started that, yeah, they had confidence in Clay Holmes, but they wanted the front office, they wanted Clint Hurdle to sit those starters down after Colorado and say, hey, can you, do you guys want the break? Do you not want the break? How are you feeling? But there was no conversation. I think that's what frustrated the guys in that clubhouse. They frustrated the rotation because they want the ball. They've all been pitching extremely well. Yeah, they like Clay Holmes. They, they respected what he was able to do in that last start. But you're pitching in AT&T Park against what's still a very good lineup, despite the fact they're underperforming. And you put a AAA pitcher out there instead of Trevor Williams, who, by the way, went ahead and pitched a really darn good game the next night. No, I just... As much as you look at, you know, biometric data, and I think there is a narrative out there that the Pirates like to just sound smart. No, the the data showed them something, which I respect that. But sometimes you got to go by the eye test. You got to talk to the people involved. I think that was one of the cases where those guys wanted to pitch. They were in a really good spot. You're playing a game against a pretty important opponent in a a race that's very tight right now. You can't afford to really fall out of it because it can happen pretty quickly. And Giving away games isn't – that's not the business you should be in right now. You touched on something there that I want to explore a little bit further, Lance, and that's the Pirates say they're an analytic organization, but they're not always. So sometimes you'll hear Clint Hurdle say things like, well, I went with my gut in that circumstance. And I think it helps to use analytics, but if you're going to be a team that wants to – go by the numbers shouldn't you always go by the numbers and if you're a team that wants to be gut shouldn't you always go by the gut wouldn't it make more sense to buy completely into a philosophy i don't think so because i think now just okay. with the way that the sport is that you need to have there needs to be that happy medium and it's typically the manager who has to do that yeah they're given data whether it's on you know right you up splits how do you utilize your bullpen when this guy needs a day down when when this guy needs a day down but you also need to see okay this guy is hitting really well he's he performing really now well yes the numbers tell me he might need a day off but he tells me he's fine i think he's fine you put him out there and that's why i think always it's nice to have that manager who is that kind of go-between and Clark Hurdle's kind of been that over the last couple of years so i wouldn't really say that who who made the final decision here who made the final it's on the front office i mean the front yeah. office is making that roster move they're the ones who are bringing clay holmes up and uh, Typically, you know what it's like when, when your boss tells you to do something, Adam. I mean, you got to do it. And, you know, I'm sure that, that Clint Hurdle looked at that data. He knows what course field is like. The guy managed there for as long as he did. So he obviously bought into it to some extent as well, maybe the entire thing. So I think that there's a lot of people to blame. I just think there's a misconception out there that this was either only Clint Hurdle's, you know, decision or that the front office only did it because they want to sound smart. I mean, no, they, they, they looked at data, they made a decision, and they stuck with it, even though it's kind of egregious that they made the decision, what, six weeks ago after the All-Star break? See, that's my biggest problem with it, and you are right. They're not doing things because they want to sound like they're doing smart things. No, they're doing it because they believe it's going to work. We can disagree on whether or not they implemented it properly, and when you make a decision at the All-Star break, if you are a franchise that – is going to be swayed by analytics, then you should also be swayed by things changing, the variables changing. And when you go out and you get a guy like Chris Archer, I think that should change the plan. And that, to me, is the biggest thing here. You've got Archer. You've also got some built-in off days here in August. Guys were going to get rest nonetheless. I think it might have even benefited the Pirates more to skip a guy like Nova's start, keep guys on regular rest, and 
and go and approach it that way to allow your great pitchers who are pitching very well right now to continue to do so. That's the way I would have gone about it. Yeah, the timing of it is kind of bizarre because you're, you're in a really tough stretch of the schedule here. Um, okay, if you wanted to do it maybe against the Twins, maybe these couple of days, whatever, that's kind of an inferior opponent, or the Marlins come to town later in the month. But to do it when they did, when Trevor Williams had pitched on, what, seven days rest his last time out, Joe Musgrove had pitched on seven days rest, you know, Ty Young and got more than his typical rest period. So the timing, again, I, I, I just don't get it. Um, again, we don't really – there's not really – the thing that kind of works against them is there's not a tangible – there's not tangible evidence to say that their plan works. Okay, we can't look at a start by Trevor Williams a week from now and say, you know what? That's because he got that extra day back in San Francisco. But what is going to be held over their head for quite a while, especially if the team loses a postseason spot in a very close race, it's going to be that Clay Holmes start that already points to, not the rest of the start that happened after that. Last thing here on this subject, Lance. What sense does it make to skip a guy's start, but then to allow Starling Marte, who's playing in one of the biggest outfields in Major League Baseball and Coors Field to then go and play every game in the San Francisco series. Wouldn't he also need some rest? Yes, uh, that, that's another great point. Um, Gary Polanco finally got a day's rest after starting, what, over 20 games in a row. Um, that's why I, I'm just curious how it's different for the pitchers. I know, obviously, they're throwing pitches. You know, Jameson Tyon threw 107 in a complete game, but, you know, how they kind of reconcile the difference there and why these guys get off days, these guys don't. Um, it's why those bats, I mean, they're, they're position players. It's just the way they played yesterday, they looked like a tired team. I don't know if they were tired, but that group just looked tired from start to finish against the Giants in that series finale alone. So we'll see. And the thing that also stood out to me is that uh, Kevin Gray is their assistant GM talking on Neil Huntington's radio show and uh, on that other station. Adam, I won't mention the name. I won't do it. Uh, he just said that uh, that they might consider this pitching plan of giving guys an extra day of rest in a different hitter's ballpark, not necessarily Jesus. just in Coors Field. So that's just bizarre to me. It hurts. It hurts my head, Lance. It hurts my head. A Biometric data. A different hitter's ballpark? They're gonna Wait, what? The ballpark's got magic powers now, and it's making the, the pitchers not pitch as well the next time out? What? The hell does that mean? Like I can I can get I can get it in my skull that maybe, maybe Coors Field in Denver at the altitude, or if you go play a soccer game in Mexico City, that can screw you up for a week. I can't get behind playing in Cincinnati and then coming back and be like, Well, we gotta push everyone back because our pitcher's heads got all frazzled going to that band box. That, that doesn't register with me at all. Yeah, and it, it's not going to sit well with fans. Like, I, I get everybody's frustration with the topic. And, again, like I said, I, <laughs> the pitchers on the staff are also frustrated by it. As much as, you know, you look at the off tails, you look at the situation, you know, guys have already, you know, they're pretty confident they've gotten their rest, and maybe they wouldn't come out and say that they actually did need a break. But I don't know, the, the whole thing. And then you go into the game with only a, six, a six-man bullpen, that obviously didn't work out. You got to make two roster moves the next day. There is a fallout when, when situations like this don't work, and it didn't work. All right, last one now because I do have one more. Uh, it's Jamison Tyon pitching the complete game, even though the Pirates had the game very much at hand, uh, in hand at that point. Why allow him to go out there under the sun in Tatooine with that 
atmosphere and with that uh, altitude if it was going to damage him later on in the season? See, I don't, I don't even think they really saw that because the decision was already made. I mean, I, Ty Young going out for those nine innings, I don't think that really mattered to them. I think that there is a tangible, a, a tangible or maybe intangible uh, benefit for letting a guy like Jamison Taya, who's become the ace of your staff, to go out and pitch that complete game. I mean, especially you just look at the, the trajectory of his season, whether it's him getting pulled early in that one start and expressing frustration with it afterwards, you know, him finally gaining that slider that gives him the weapon that he's just been so, so darn good the last 12 times out that, you know, you give him the ball, you, you, you let him take it and hey, and I think that also, when you do something like that, it sits well with the other starters because those other four starters didn't want Ty on to get out of that game because they too, if they're in that situation, they want to be pushed back out there. You know, again, we look back and it just, it's just still bizarre to me that the decision was made right after the all-star break and not, you know, Hey, if you want to give them rest after that series, fine, you've recessed it, but to do it ahead of time, it just, it's bizarre to me. I realized that I strung this out for a long time talking about the one topic. So let's switch gears uh, real quick here, Lance. Uh, to Starling Marte, say he's hitting 209 in August. Well, what's up with that? Uh, I think it's just one of those natural walls of season. You look across the league. I mean, it's, it's the MVP candidates that don't go through stretches like that. And for whatever reason, you know, Marte's had a couple before. It was the injury. Now, maybe it's just bad habits. Maybe it's just pitchers counterpunching. You just never know. But the thing is, he's not the only one that's struggling. I mean, Corey Dickerson's been struggling since he's been off the DL. Gregory Polanco's in a slump this month. So they've got to figure things out quick. Because like I said, I mean, this guy, they got the Cubs coming into town. There's a really tough road trip coming up, you know, Milwaukee, St. Louis, Atlanta. And they, this race is really tight. Even the Cardinals. I mean, the Cardinals seem like a complete dumpster fire about a month ago. And they've really figured it out all of a sudden. They're a good team again. So... I just I, I don't see the buyers turning it around. There's just too many question marks. They're too inconsistent. And again, you just go back to that starting rotation. How good it's been. It just it, it makes you wonder. You know, is Dale going to send Chris Bradford out there to relieve you so that you can be better the next article that you write? <laughs> Y'all talk happening. to him about that. I don't know what kind of biometric data they've been collecting on me. I'm not sure how that works. Always appreciate the stuff, Lance. Always appreciate you taking time with us. Uh, continued success and. Have fun out there uh, as we continue in the stretch run. Uh, you too. Stop eating potato chips. Apparently that's a problem for you. Goodbye. Bye. It's not a problem, but it kind of is. Okay, so I choked on a potato chip earlier on in the show, and I think I'm putting on a little cushion around the midsection. Hopefully not in my face, just around the midsection, so I guess potato chips would, well, they would contribute to that. Coming up next, it's the three stars of the show. It's the hottest take of the day. It's other crap. TSP in Pittsburgh. The Adam Crowley Show. On ESPN Pittsburgh. And the iHeartRadio app. Pet always reminds me of Will Graves from the Associated Press. We haven't had him on the show in a little while. He's battling cancer right now, and he's been doing his treatments. And he just was all over social media the other day saying that he's bouncing back. And I texted him. He says he's doing aight. Probably didn't want me to talk about it. But hey, I say what I want. It's my radio show. 
And this is a song that reminds me of Will Gray. Good man. Hope his fight continues in. I also saw John Parado today uh, underwent his third round out of four uh, of chemo treatment. So best wishes to both of those guys as they continue to fight the bleep out of cancer and try to kick its ass. It's now time for the hottest take of the day. It's time for the hottest take of the day. Day, day, day. I don't love the anti-Tiger Woods sentiment. Now, there's a lot of fanboys. Uh, One's back in the studio, shirtless Tom. I became one yesterday. I was fist bumping at the dinner table with my family, my wife's family. Just fist bumping. Come on, Tiger. Let's go, Tiger. Come on, Tiger. I could be a little bit of a Tiger family. There are those guys out there. But there are a lot of people who are either upset with the coverage he gets or they don't like him because they think he's a despicable person. And, hey, you can feel however you want about a person. But to think that you can be a sports fan and root for your favorite team and also at the same time dislike Tiger Woods does seem disingenuous to me. If you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan that does not root for Tiger Woods, I don't get it. Do you root for our quarterback? Do you root for Ben Roethlisberger? Do you know what he's been accused of doing? Do you know some of the things that he has done? You're going to root for him and you're not going to root for Tiger Woods? Is it just because the team's bigger than the guy? Because I guess you could put it in that context and I can agree with that. I can understand that. But if you're openly rooting for Ben and cheering for Ben and own a Ben Roethlisberger jersey and at the same time say, oh, Tiger Woods is a bad guy because he cheated on his wife, no, that's disingenuous. That ain't right. I've always felt this way. There are heroes in sports. There are people who you want to look up to. But that's not what this is about. That's not what Major League Sports is about. That's not what professional sports is about. You shouldn't be going to a game looking for a hero. You shouldn't be going to a football game saying, I can't wait to see this player take the ice. I can't wait to see this player run out on the field. I love them. They're my hero. Roberto Clemente, different story. Mario Lemieux, different story. There are, of course, anomalies throughout the major sports. But the reason I watch sports is to be entertained. The reason I watch sports is because I want to see people do things that you would never imagine that anybody would be able to do. And Tiger Woods does that. Tiger Woods has created a buzz around a sport that I would only watch occasionally if you weren't involved. I would still watch the back nine of a major because, to me, there is drama there, and I'm always intrigued by drama. But he takes it to a different level. He's amazing. If you dislike LeBron James, I don't get that. Now, LeBron's, by all accounts, a much better person than Tiger Woods, but you have to appreciate the greatness. And with Tiger, I appreciate the greatness, and I put the rest to the side. When I watch professional sports, I appreciate the greatness, and I push the rest to the side. That stuff does not matter to me. That's the hottest take of the day. Woo! Other crap. Tiger Woods finished second in the golf tournament this weekend. That's not good for golf. Pretty good for the bedroom, though. Woo! Other crap. Although Tiger is selfish. I bet you he finishes first in the bedroom. Woo! Other crap. It's been 620 days since Pitt basketball won a conference game. It's time for the three stars of the show. Tonight's third star of the show, Tiger Woods. Imagine where he'd be if, he, if it didn't happen. 
I mean, imagine where he'd be if, for the last 10 years, he was what he's doing today. Uh, Jack wouldn't have had a shot. I guess the question is, do you prefer watching just pure dominance? Because that's entertaining, too. If Tyra just kept shooting out major championship victories the way he was shooting out other stuff over the course of his life. <laughs> oh, no. I think... I think... Tonight's second star of the show, Choking Hazards. What the hell's going on over there? I heard the word lubing, and that's just about it. Okay, I choked on a chip, and my throat is now all messed up, and I need some lube. It's pretty embarrassing, Adam, but... I'll agree with that. And tonight's first star of the show, Adam Crowley! Dinged up again. <coughs> Pardon me. Joking. <coughs> you alright, buddy? I'm good, thanks. <laughs> you sure? Drink some water, pal. That we'll, has never happened before. That's that right. We'll, we'll all wait. Take your time. Mm. You just get it to get it right. Don't I try ate a to... bag of chips before I went on the air. <laughs> and I guess one of them was hanging out behind my molars. <laughs> oh my god, it just slid down the gut. That has Dude. never happened. Usually you could just take a break, take a breath, and just step to the side. Yeah. Holy hell. I battled through some true adversity today. I did. It was hard for me to finish this show. I didn't have to take a break like Clay Holmes allowed the Pittsburgh Pirates to do. Tom, are you pissed about that? Listen, I really don't get triggered by sports. I used to as a kid. My favorite teams are all Pittsburgh teams. and I used to take losses very personally. I really don't let it affect me on an emotional level to a crazy extent, that struck a nerve when he came and when I found out he was pitching that game. That was tough to swallow. I'm still not over it. They have a day off today. They have a day off today. What, what? There's a day off built in. You don't need to give people days off because there's a day off right now. They're not playing. Is that what bothers you the most? Because what bothers me the most, well, is that. It's really the whole thing, but what bothers me the most is that they made this decision six weeks ago and did not let the Chris Archer trade affect whether or not they were going to continue to do this plan. And, and all the people that say, oh, you know, it was a front office decision, you know, it's not on hurdle, blah, 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 that, that can be true. But at the end of the day, he is also still the manager of the team. He can kind of go uh, rebel on the front office and, you know what, you know what, I'm starting Trevor Williams when he's supposed to start. I don't care what the plan is. We're good now. I don't put it all on hurdle, but the whole the whole there's some blame there. Come on, the holy triumvirate that they got is ridiculous. Hurdle's a field guy; he tends to go by feel more than analytics, but he can have his mind made up with the analytics, with the numbers when there is something tangible there. But I don't know; it's necessarily tangible about this. The numbers, yeah, they, in their opinion, they prove something, but. On the back end of this, they all the pitchers were were playing so well. They were pitching so well. Trevor Williams, Joe Musgrove, uh, Jameson Tyon, they were all pitching so well that if they continue to do that, is that just them continuing to pitch well, or is that because they got that extra day? Uh, I'd be willing to think that it's the former, not the latter. And how many times, we heard this with A.J. Burnett, but how many times do you hear about a starting pitcher that says when they get an extra day off, that throws them off? They like that five-day routine that they've built up for months in advance. So you throw in a sixth day off out of, out of nowhere, it, it can throw off their routine. So when they go out on the mound the next time, they're second-guessing. It's not like the Pirates have a guy like CeCe Sabathia 
whenever he was acquired by the Brewers, who went out there on two days rest, three days rest, because they knew that they were going to get everything they could out of him because he wasn't going to come back to Milwaukee in the offseason. The Pirates don't have any guys who are doing that. Musgrove's thrown 80 innings. Jameson Tyone is on pace to throw more innings than he's ever in his life, but it's about that damn time for him. I'm not worried about Chris Archer, who over the last four years, his lowest inning total has been 194. Maybe you worry a little bit about Trevor Williams, but he's been pitching so well that shouldn't that change it? Shouldn't the fact that he's been pitching that well make you realize that he's not fatigued? Utter nonsense. Who let the dogs out? Tomorrow on the show, live from Dino's in Latrobe. Looking forward to that. The Buckos will be in action tomorrow against the Twinkies. I'm happy they're off tonight. I need a break. I don't want to have to look at them. I don't want to have to get irritated by them. Maybe there's some MLS on. Maybe that's what I'll watch tonight. God knows, though. I'm drinking beers. I'm getting excited. I'm jumping up and down. I'm going to pounce some pills, nurse. Here we go. Talk to you tomorrow at 4 o'clock if I'm not hungover. <laughs>